What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 228. Again, I am joined by Ryan and Tyler, so it's a it's a spectacular week this week. Uh, there's a little bit to talk about. Nothing huge in Detroit is happening. There are a few maybe not rumors about Detroit floating around, but rumors about players. We can there make was a them trade. up, though. We sure can because we have that ability. Um, but there was a trade. There is some coaching conundrum. There was a NHLPA meeting. More shit about the Coyotes. But uh, how are you guys doing tonight before we kick this off? I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I was going to say, don't think about it too hard. It's This is the downfall of sometimes doing this and having my work computer nearby is that I had a message just hit my computer right as you asked that question. And I looked away and then Tyler apparently gave a nod, which didn't get TQ me to actually start talking. So it's one of those awkward anyways. But uh, no, I'm good. This finals have been interesting so far. Vegas has been booty holing uh, Florida, which yeah. in a way is a surprise, but not surprising. But it's it's been fun, even though they destroyed him, what, seven to two last night. Yeah, earlier I said I think that trade uh, happened because the GMs realized that Florida looks pretty cooked, so they might as well get started to work now and make things a little bit interesting, even while the finals are still going on. Right, but no, other than that, pretty good. It's I uh, finally got some golfing in on Sunday. I have a fantastic tan lines going on. Going again, I hit nine holes tomorrow night. I am pumped, and I'm pro- trying also. I did get permission, by the way, from Chelsea. To go do these things so I don't get in complete trouble, even though she did take about an hour plus and it was part of the agreement. She got to go shopping at Target the other day and avoid me and any of the children. So I cannot fault her for that one bit. Look at that. Happy wife, happy life, as they say. Good trade off, I would say. Um, I don't have that problem, thankfully. Um, I still have not played golf yet this year, so that that is one thing that I really got. That's I'm very no, surprised by that. I thought my dad threw my clubs out, or my sister threw my clubs out. Um, turns out that they are in the garage, so I'm going back to get them. Um, I just got that news yesterday, so I, I'll be able to get those probably tomorrow. Maybe golf I have a question over, over the weekend. Yes. I have a question. Uh, you didn't look in the garage. You just assumed that someone threw them it's away. Locked and my dad has the keys. I don't have the keys. Just like you didn't look for there. Bud Light at the grocery or uh, Labatt Light at the grocery store. Oh, my God. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> well, anyway, Tyler, I'm doing Tyler good. can't grocery shop, guys. That's I'm doing good. I haven't gotten any golf in, which is, is kind of it kind of sucks because I really had the bug last year and the year before this year. Doesn't seem like I have it as much, but. You know, you get out there once, you have a little bit of success, and all of a sudden now you're playing, you know, every weekend or every couple of days. So looking forward to that. Um, cup finals has been fun. I agree with you, Ryan. That hit by Kachuk was fantastic. Or by, by Kachuk was fantastic on Eichel. I'm not even sure if it would have. I mean, it, it probably actually was better that he t- toe-picked and was falling yeah. than if he would have been actually upright. Yeah, he would have gotten his claw cleaned if he was upright. Is Radko uh, Gudis okay? That I don't know. I don't know. There was no update this morning from uh, Maurice. I think we will get a, a more competitive game three. Florida, if they can't win that first game on home ice, it's going to be really rough sledding for them, I think. They're, going not, they're not coming back from 0-3 in the Stanley Cup final. That would be no. the, the coolest thing in NHL history, but it's not happening. 
But they did come back from 3-1 against the best team in the NHL at, at, in the regular they season. They did. You are correct. And for an update for our YouTube watcher, Scrub Boy, um, I trimmed my beard. So that is a thing that I was yelled at for on YouTube. Uh, I was waiting for a haircut, but then I felt bad and had low self-esteem. So I, I trimmed my beard, my Scrub Boy. You're welcome. Oh, that's a, probably you a good a thing, Tyler. I did. I, I actually <laughs> may have not had it last week. Jesus, Tyler, I have questions, but we're going to skip this because we have stuff to talk about. So there was a trade that happened today. Uh, like we said, it kicked off trade season and it was a three way trade. And I, the, the running joke now, as someone posted on Twitter, is the last person they would have uh, thought would be in a three man three way would be Ivan Provorov. But the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> I get it. The Philadelphia Flyers receive goalie Cal Peterson, defenseman Sean Walker, defenseman Helga Granz, a 2023 first-round pick, which was LA's at number 2022, number 22, a 24 second-round pick, which is LA's, a 24 second-round pick, which was Columbus's. So Danny Briere off to a phenomenal start in Philly. Uh, Columbus received defenseman Ivan Provorov at 30% retained salary from LA. And L.A. receives forward Kevin Connaughton, forward Hayden Hodgson, and they freed up money to re-sign Gavrikov. But people are like, oh, my God, blockbuster trade. And I looked at that and I'm like, I mean, it is it is a trade that it, it sure is that. But then you go look at Ivan Provorov's uh, war card on Jfresh. He's at like a 23 or a 25, just pretty mediocre and then I think uh, Corey Schneider, who does the uh, recaps online, posted, uh, I wonder how many times trading a goalie who underperforms on a bad team to another bad team to have them overperform ever worked. And uh, I said it's probably zero for zero. So uh, what do you think of the trade? I mean, to me, it's a almost a big nothing. I mean, Provorov has been kind of touted as this like, yeah, Provorov, let's go get him really solid, awesome defenseman. And then you look at his underlying numbers and they're kind of meh. I've always kind of liked watching him play. He plays with a bit of an edge and he is a a minute cruncher. He averaged 23 minutes a game last season while only getting 27 points. But I think on a team like Columbus, they're pretty if, if they're healthy they could likely be decent i think they're that should be better than philly but we see how things can go south very quickly in the nhl if he's going to be your top pair guy if he's if you're out putting him out there with the warinski i think they're going to complement each other pretty well i mean i think he's a pretty decent skater and Provorov, and he's not afraid to throw the body so the cost to get him, though, I, that's my huge turnoff. I mean, good on L.A. for being able to ditch money with Peterson and Walker. I think they saved like $5.6 million or something like that um, to try to make it a free agent signing with Yavrikov because he's technically UFA. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's the fact that you're only going to have to pay Provorov, what, four and a quarter, I think it is, for two more years. If you're Yarmo, I guess it's not the worst. You didn't get rid of your lottery pick, obviously. I mean, I think in ideally you, they should have kept that first round pick, but at the same time, we see how the NHL is a you need to win league, and where in a way we, you're almost thinking, is this the situation that Detroit's going to be in coming into this off season? They've got an extra first round pick. Do they try to make a move like this? Not saying it's going to be a fair Provorov, but 
the capital's there to make something happen. So is this going to be the domino effect here? Now we start seeing trades take place. I don't know. But this trade, though, like you mentioned off the bat, off the bat, Brie, Philly crushed it. I don't think you can really go wrong in short term deals that aren't going to be super cost prohibitive. And you got a lot of picks out of it. So did you just yeah. try to make Danny Briere's last name like super fancy? Did I say Brie? You did. You're like, I don't Danny know why Brie. I said that. Yeah, I, I looked at something and then said something else. <laughs> so, Danny Briere, there we go. Yes, Mr. Briere, uh, GM of the year so far. He's a, he's now a cheese. At first, I'm like, wow, blockbuster deal, including Ivan Provorov, and and you know, but it's really just Ivan Provorov. That's like pretty much the biggest thing in the deal. I guess the first round pick and the second round pick. As big, so Philly won this deal by a landslide. Oh, absolutely, home run! I, Columbus, I mean, what did they even like get out of this? You know what I mean? Like a defenseman, which they did need. They got a replacement for Gavrikov, is what they did basically. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's a kind of a nothing, but Philly definitely won the deal. I mean, that for a first deal that Daniel Breer makes. I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good move to get a guy that Cal Peterson, I know he played, he was pretty good. I think it was a year ago he was good. Last year, not so good. That's why they had to go out and get, um, I wanted to say Dubnik for a second, but uh, Corpusalo. In the grand scheme of things, yeah, I mean, Philly definitely won the deal. And and for Danny Briere to, to come out and make that as a statement for his first move, I mean, you get a goalie who's serviceable, you get a... Um, Sean Walker is a pretty serviceable player. And then you oh, serviceable is the right word I would use for P- for Cal at this point. But if you're in the position the Flyers are in, you're going to lose a lot. Well, I mean, to the point, I guess to your point there, there is now a, I don't, I don't even want to call it a rumor, it's a confirmed report. Is it confirmed? There is a report out of Philly that they are shopping or taking calls on Carter Hart. I saw. So to, the, to your point there, then that, that would make sense. Yeah, that's and that's why I said that, because it's like if Carter Hart's going out, someone's got to play net, and I don't really think they have a whole lot of like... They're putting their faith in Airson, who showed well. Airson did show well. And if you're using Cal Peterson as a backup and you think Airson can be a starter, then I, I guess maybe you roll with that. But I mean, at that point, it looks like Philly tries to roll into next season to get a lottery pick. Which could be totally possible, but I mean, they put out that whole new orange, which is kind of brown message where they're going to try hard and they're going to fight back and they're going to be a tougher team. And but then they go and they make trades and get picks. And it seems like they might just be starting a rebuild. Yeah, but in in their case, I mean, they they have to start a rebuild that like people have have looked at the Flyers kind of like like people looked at the Red Wings for a long time and probably at a lesser scale because those Flyers teams weren't as good as the Wings teams were with Zetterberg and Datsuk and and Cronwall and those guys. But the Flyers haven't had a rebuild in a long time. They haven't really tore it down from the studs in a long time, if ever, really. I mean, the Flyers have always been a pretty competitive team in my lifetime, and I'm 28 years old. So, I mean, considering their... Going into a I mean, you don't hire Danny Briere and hire these guys um, if you're not going to go into a rebuild. I don't think. I don't think you can sell that to your fans again that we're going to no. quote unquote rebuild on the fly and all this bullshit. 
The rebuild on the fly would have been if they got Johnny Gaudreau, and they just didn't have the money to do it, so they didn't do it. That, that's arguably where Columbus is at here now. Yeah. Because you bring in Gaudreau, you got Line A, you've got a Zach Wierenski coming back. You could argue that's going to be an offseason acquisition if you want to be You mean coming back to it. Detroit, right? If only. But, I mean, you've seen the moves that Yarmo has made. Like, you shit or get off the pot, pretty much. You've got a lot of guys in expiring deals. Several are going to be younger. I mean, they are a young-ass team, and Proverall fits that. He's 26 years old. So their defense right now, without Lorensky and Jake Bean included, per cap friendly, averages 25.9 years of age. They're that's a, young. That's a very young defense. You got Proverall 26, two more years. Good Branson's 31 at three more years at a reasonable price. Andrew Peak, eh, not bad, 25 years old. But then you got Adam Boquist, who they acquired, 22 years old at two, for two more years. And then you look at Wierenski, 25. He's signed for four more, five more, whatever it is. And then Jake Bean, 24 years old. There's a lot of youth and some decent skill there. If Provorov can help solidify that defense, because we knew that that was a big question mark for them, great. See what they can do. And they still got cap space. Not to mention Ken Johnson, who was a first-round pick. For, oh yeah, for forward though. Yeah the the Columbus Blue Jackets I believe have the third rated prospect pool in the NHL from uh, Wheeler recently. So they've got the prospects there. I mean they could always use more picks because the on ice product right now has been pretty garbage. And yeah, we didn't talk about Jiracek. I said yeah. that correctly. Jiracek, yeah. So I don't I don't know what they're doing, and it seems like oh they didn't know kind of what they were doing, but. A Provorov will replace the missing defenseman that was traded out. I just think that it was an overpay for for the way they did it. But we're going to stay in Columbus with the news that uh, one of the most hated coaches in NHL history is making a return in Mike Babcock to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, I hate it, guys. I don't like it at all. Uh, we know in Detroit what Mike Babcock has done. Everyone outside of Detroit's like, why is this such a big deal? And then all the old heads are like, players got to toughen up. Professional athletes are paid millions of dollars. They can't, If they can't deal with getting yelled at, they need to leave. And I'm like, guys, come Double on. Double-edged sword for me on that one. While I partly agree to that sentiment, there's more to it than just being a hard ass and trying to get the best out of a player by like getting on them or being aggressive with them. Yes. And there's plenty of evidence from sure. players, from writers. It's out there. All I got to remember, and it's the recency bias bullshit right now that's going on because everyone thinks about Marner and his dad and Babcock and yada, yada, yada. But people are completely dis- like disregarding Johan Franzen. And I think yeah. that's why for me, and I think I'm not speaking for you guys, if you'd agree with it. That's why it pisses me off the most. Well, for me, what it is, is and you're right. You've got John. It's Portarella. not even just Bronson. It's several other prior Red Wings guys. Fucked yeah. over Madano. Madano. Well, if you look at it and you go and you're right, Ryan, you look at John Tortorella, red ass coach who's known for just being a, a yell dick. at your guys, be hard on them, be a dick, be that that screaming coach at the room. But then you've got Babcock who plays mind games with people and like made basically the Toronto rookies write like a fucking Schindler's list of other players and stuff like that. 
Yeah, well, what was it like the best player or worst players or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, like ranking your teammates and stuff. But it, it, you go back, like you said, Johan Franzen, in quote, Franzen said from 2011 on, he was terrified of being at the rink. Uh, he says, that's when he got on me the first time. I just focused on getting out of bed every morning from that moment. Last year, I could not sleep naturally. For, or I could sleep naturally for the first time since then. It was just his attacks playing in my head each and every day. Like, that's quotes from Franzen. I was going to say, and this is a player that had known head injuries, meaning concussions. He had dealt with them and upper body injuries throughout his career. And then now you add the mind fuck games of Babcock, and it's a recipe for disaster. I agree with you guys impartial. I just, I know if he's going to get this shot to be a coach in the National Hockey League again, he has to change because if he doesn't, Absolutely. he's going to be gone. Well, yeah, all, I mean, he's going to ruin the development of the younger players. That's what happens. He's going to be gone. He's not going to be there for a long period of time. Daryl Sutler was Sut, sorry. Daryl Sutter was in Calgary for one year or two years or three. I think it was three. And this was year three. And the second year, they were really good. This year, shit hit the fan. They weren't good. The players hated them. And, um, Things kind of went went south in Calgary, so they got rid of them, right? You have a retread of a coach in Paul Maurice that I thought was out of the league when he left the Winnipeg. I really did. I thought I thought he was done. And Paul Maurice gets well, the he left on his own though, right? He he stepped away from the team because he felt for one they needed a new voice, and that he, he just kind of felt disconnected. He did, and and I agree with him uh, that the that Winnipeg team was an, an uninspiring. And honestly, they were kind of uninspiring this year, too. I know they made the playoffs and everything. That's kind of a meh team now. Um, But not to go down a a rabbit hole there, but if Mike Babcock's going to get another shot in the NHL, which we can agree to disagree with, if he doesn't change, he's going to be gone after the first year. Right? John Tortorella has notably changed his coaching style and become a more players coach. And honestly, a lot of the people that, that have had uh, torts and, and have gone on like spitting chiclets and other podcasts said torts was a tough coach, but he's a fair coach. But if notice Babcock no did, one says that about Babcock. Yes. No one. Exactly. Like There's a lot of people that have gone to bat for Tortorella in his style yeah. because, and he has, a, he is a coach that has obviously evolved his coaching tactics. And I, who who was it that was followed him from New York to Columbus? That I, Dubinsky. Dubinsky. That's who I was trying to think of. He is one of the main guys that in, throughout the articles you've seen of how he has evolved and changed. You've not seen that. Sorry, like taking your thunder there, Greg. You haven't seen that from Babs. So I mean, thirteen and forty seemed to like Babcock, but I guess they were stars, so there wasn't. They kind of had to talk nice. That's yeah. the whole thing. If he's going to be in the NHL again, he has to change. And if he's not, then he's not going to be in the league for a long time. Can he do it? That remains to be seen. Uh, Mike Babcock, as a hockey coach, as a resume, I mean, he's got a damn good resume. Couple, sure. A Stanley Cup, a second Stanley Cup appearance, a couple gold medals. We've so, also heard from DMAC that they won a cup in spite of him, and they lost that other cup because of him. DMAC has said before they totally could have won another cup if Babcock was not the coach. Uh, well, I think I think you know 13 being hurt in 09 didn't help things. But um 
in terms of pedigree, he definitely has a pedigree as, as a good coach in the NHL. Can he do it at this level in this game, in this game that has changed significantly? Again, that remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. So for more, uh, just for the people that are listening that don't know the whole backstory, there's quotes from Chelios that basically says uh, some of the things that Babcock said to Franzen on the bench. I don't know what he said to him behind closed doors one on one, but he blatantly verbally assaulted him during the game on the bench. It got to the point where Johan, no one really knowing he was suffering with concussion thing and depression, he just broke down and had a nervous breakdown, not only on the bench, but after the game in one of the rooms in Nashville. Uh, Mark Frazier, who played in the NHL for a while and who played in Toronto, uh, he says that we share stories throughout the years with each other. And for those outside the locker rooms, you never truly understand some of the terrible, undeserving things Babs has done to some of his players. Says you don't have to like all your coaches, but he's one who 95% of his players can't say a good thing about. With the ability to end players' careers, he's chosen to do so to long-serving vets that have resulted in all his players turning against him. He's used his power to turn teammates against each other and chose to continuously lie to his players. He says Kami, talking about Mike Commodore, may have a strong public opinion of Babs, but in our fraternity of NHL and former NHL players, he's speaking for the masses. He's speaking for the countless players who have personally told me their terrible stories of Babs just being a bad guy. And that's a thing we hear continuously, that it's not that just he's just a hard coach. He's just a complete prick to his players and just not a good guy overall. So why you would want to bring this into a locker room of, again, like I said, a top young three pool players, a top three pool of very young decor and to bring them a coach like this who is known for doing this stuff to me just seems very, very self-destructive. I think, I think the one thing that you have to take into consideration, um, Yarmo's not stupid. I don't think you would have done this if, if the, if the interview wasn't good. Um, and I know, um, is it John Davidson? That's the president of hockey operations there in, in Columbus. I don't think that they would have gone forward and brought back Mike Babcock if they didn't believe that Mike Babcock is a changed man. I mean, where but are there no other coaches, guys? He, he, he was, was coaching for free at some college. He was on NBC for a while. So, I mean, I don't know. The, the, the verdict remains to be seen. We'll see what happens. Um, you can talk the talk and, and we'll see what happens if he walks the walk. Yeah, it's it. I the thing that frustrates sorry, me more. Sorry, than Babs was coaching at the University of Saskatchewan. That's where he was coaching recently. What what annoys me more than anything though is that I know we've had a very long discussion on this exact same thing. I think last time actually it was either when he jumped on NBC or got this new coaching job. So we're rehashing this annoyance. Again, and uh, Tyler, I hope you're right. I hope that when he comes in, it's a completely different person. I'm not going to hold my breath, though. I mean, it, the history speaks for itself, and that's the frustrating part. I mean, it's you can look at his resume all day, and it looks great, but just because you have a fantastic resume doesn't mean shit when it actually comes to the, you being the person that you are in the room. We all, we did love him at the time. We thought he was a fantastic coach. We all hated the fact that they didn't win more than one cup in his tenure. We knew that the writing was on the wall when he was going to leave to go to Toronto because the team was in a decline. Datsik was leaving, and it, that beautiful opportunity for him to go back home was there. And then the shit came out. And that, since that point, it, it's been hard for me to look past that. And I agree that Yarmo is a great GM. 
But part of me is wondering if maybe Bill Zito was really the mind behind all the, the great moves that Columbus was making at this point, because now we see Zito in his short tenure in Florida taking that team to the cup. Oh, yeah. Still trying to figure it out. Now, granted, Zito took over a much better situation. Sure. But which one was the master class behind the behind the curtain at that point when they were both in Columbus? Yeah, that's really interesting. It, the the notion that you have to like your coach is bullshit. No, you don't. And that was that was a point that was made. No one liked Scotty, right? Scotty was an asshole, but Scotty didn't abuse his players, and Scotty won. Abuse is one is certainly one thing that, that shouldn't be tolerated. Um, in terms of of being tough, he's going to be tough still. He's not going to be not be a tough coach. That's who well, he, he held. He held his team, his players accountable for what they did. Exactly. That's the difference. So my thing is, is if he can go in there and be a change man, maybe care about the players off the ice, care about what's going on in their life and stuff like that, but still be a tough coach at practice on the ice, on the bench, he'll probably have success. I'll ask you this right now. Do either of you expect him to come out in his introductory presser and sound like Lalone did and say, I'm going to make, I'm going to start making calls each player and get that relationship <laughs> no, going. Do you think that's going to come out? Absolutely not. No, I would bet against it. In, in See, right there, if that type of thing did come out, if we're all happily surprised and can eat crow on that one, let's go. Maybe we got to change Babcock. Maybe that's an agreement between the guys there. Maybe it's an agreement between Davidson and Yarmo and, and Babs. You know, maybe there's, there's a, Hey, uh, we're going to hire you, but you better fucking, you know, apologize or maybe not apologize, but, you know, set come the record and, straight. Yeah, set the record straight. I mean, we he's already had that opportunity, especially on the NBC, and it didn't happen. And I, I'm not going to expect him to come out and have to, and, and make a comment on it. That's on him to figure it out outside of that. You know, the questions are going to come up if he answers it. We'll see what he says, and then we can go from there. But at the same time, he's now there to coach. How are you going to be better? Not just as a coach. We know that he can be a good coach. That's besides the point. How can you not be a complete dickbag? Yeah, I guess we'll see how Columbus reaps what they sow going forward. And I think, like you said, Ryan, I think the introductory presser will be a really interesting thing to watch there. And just to see what he kind of says, because that introductory pressers generally set the tone for Mm -hmm. the season and for how you're going to go forward. And if he falls on his face, man, it's just going to blow up even more because it's already blown up all over social that this move is probably uh, not good. What's kind of shocking to me, not the fact that he got another opportunity in the NHL. To me, it's shocking that he got an opportunity with a team that already voiced their opinion on torts and basically kind of didn't want torts there. So what makes you think they're going to want Mike Babcock? Now, a lot of that team has changed. Yeah, but it's big turnover. It's the same guy in charge. They still have like Wierenski and they still have I know I know it's not the same exact team that went to the, the second round that beat Tampa and stuff like that, but they do still have some players from those teams. Yeah. I, I guess the well the big thing though, I think, and I think we can probably nip this in the bud here after this, but the big thing though with Torts is that it got stale. Yeah. He 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 agreed to as much because I think he was his deal was expired is expiring, correct? And it was just not going to get renewed. So it was, it's time for a change. I appreciate it. I'm going to move on now. So we'll see how the brashness goes. So I don't know. What sucks the most is we got to wait a month. His contract with Toronto doesn't expire until June 30th. 
there's not much more to say, like you said, until at least we see what he says. And then maybe we can kind of comment a little further. But what we're going to do before we round out tonight with some NHLPA and Gary Bettman news, uh, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. And we will be right back in just one minute to close out the episode. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can make a $5 bet and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash hockey terms. I'm going to try to say and we're back a little bit more enthusiastically this time, Ryan. Ready? And we're back. Is that better? Do you like You're that one? You're such a smartass. You like your, fa- your face was fantastic with that, too. It's a good one. You can watch it on YouTube, everyone. But we are back. a very announcer like, and we are back in the Stanley Cup. And we're playoff. back. Uh, and that's a home run by Castellanos. Uh, no, but we have a home run. <laughs> uh, we have a little bit of news coming out. So the whole I think this kind of got blown over because the playoffs were happening and everything. But there was an NHLPA meeting with Gary Bettman with new leader of the NHLPA, Marty Walsh. And uh, there was a little bit of news, not that came out of it, that, but happened going into it and then a little bit coming out of it. So going into it. Uh, one of the couple of the big takeaways I got was the NHLPA is willing to discuss increasing the schedule to 84 games. So adding two games to the NHL schedule, Tyler's already shaking his head because a lot of people think they play too many games already. A lot of the players think they play too many games already, but then I guess the, they go with all that. Ah, what's two more games, right? What's two more games. And I mean, two games is a lot and it cuts into their, their summer and, but it's another opportunity to get points, I guess. Maybe. And uh, that was the one thing that I took out. Are, are you yay or nay on the 84 game schedule? No. No. Thanks, Ryan. We don't need <laughs> 84 games. We I don't know why there needs to be more. I mean, it used to be what, 80 uh, forever ago. But I mean, 82, it, you're the same as the NBA. I don't think right now there's already concern enough with injuries as it is. I mean, it. In return, in a way, though, you can almost go less, but, but, in return, they're looking at shortening training camp. I mean, I think that wouldn't a lot of players would appreciate that. Maybe not so much guys that are on the bubble. But okay. I, I would take just a shortened training camp in the same length of season. I mean, it's not the NFL. Yes. I mean, I'm assuming the driving force would be more money, which I get. Sure. It's but it's not more money where one game gets you how much more like the NFL does, but they are seeing likely record revenue again. So I don't know. As of right now, I would say nay. What was preseason this year? Eight games? I think it dropped down to like you can have no less than six or seven or something like that, didn't it? But I it, used, it was like was eight for eight. everyone. All I think right. you get a fine if you don't hit the, the right amount of games. Tyler, 84 games? 84 games is an absolute joke. We don't need any more games. We don't need any more playoff games. We don't need it. I'm sorry. We just don't. This league, the way it is right now, I hate to sound like that old guy that the game is the way, fine the way it is. You you do. But I go do, ahead. but 
the players already don't want to play more games. And yeah, okay, I guess the owners want more games and and in turn they'll shorten training camp, but we don't need any more. We just don't. What would be the difference in taking away two preseason games, though, and just adding two regular season games? I mean, that to me doesn't make a really huge difference. Say you say, okay, you need to you have six preseason games instead of eight, and then you have 84 game regular season instead of an 82. You just kick off the season, I don't know, a week earlier than normal because you're taking the preseason games away. Yeah, but like you already have players that let's say the year is a grind to begin with. Why add two more? Yeah, but I'm saying if you take the two preseasons away, now I know a lot of the preseason games are prospects playing and not really like the A squad final roster guys playing. But I mean, to me, two games, it's not a huge deal, but I think you're right. Like it's not a necessary thing. And the only reason they're doing it is for that gate money and that broadcast money is what they're yeah, doing. Do so, that and get rid of the stupid board ads and get rid of the stupid uniform ads. And and we have a deal with the 84 games. That's what I would okay, say. Okay. So they're not going to do that. Obviously. Rewind the jerseys. Rewind the jerseys back to no ads and get rid of the, uh, you mean the award-winning digital board ads? Get rid of those. <laughs> what garbage. Like the, the Stanley Cup playoffs painted back on the ice. Yeah, okay. So 84 games, if you get the ads off the jersey the digital board ads and put stanley cup playoffs in ink on the ice and then you're yeah. good with Honestly, and remove two preseason games remove yeah, two preseason games yeah give me two i'll take two marty walsh marty walsh is going to be a tough negotiator he's gonna want at least two of those things yeah i know he's he's he was the former mayor of boston so i know exactly what marty walsh is all about um politics aside um I don't know how he'll do with the NHL Players Association. We'll see what happens. Um, but in terms of, of more games, I just... If you did a poll to the players in the NHL right now and asked them, would you want to play more games? They're going to say, hell no. Oh, Even of it's, course. it's only two or one, they just... We don't need it. The players are already tired when it comes to the gets to the playoffs anyways. The players probably don't want it. I know the owners want it, and I know the owners run the league. So, I mean, they'll see what kind of concessions they can get for adding those two games, and there will probably be a little bit of a trade-off if they do it. And I think they kind of wanted to keep it around. Hey, if we play two extra games, maybe you can raise the cap a little bit more next season. But I don't think that's going to happen, and I, I think Bettman has said as much already because there is still escrow left. I hate to say it, though. Like, I know, I know... I say this, but in terms of all professional sports, I'm not sure that there's a league that's in a better situation than the NHL is. Yeah, there's problems in terms of the, the regional sports networks and then there's problems with officiating, but like situation in regards to what? Like in terms of figuring out the regional sports networks and where they go from here, where like what ha what's gonna happen? Is the NHL gonna take it over? Like Major League Baseball's already taken over the San Diego Padres. No, but by by when you say no league is in a better place, is in a better place in what regard? In terms of the the entertainment, the on ice product, okay. The right. you mean the way the game is played? Um, I wish it was a little bit more physical. I think a lot of people do, but but also I think it's in a good position where the game is still fast. The the game is still very watchable. 
And yeah, the refs and the officiating is something we can obviously argue about, but like, there's not like you look at major league baseball before this year and the, the, the rule changes and stuff like that. Like the NHL is not in a position where like they're losing viewership and like people aren't watching. I think people are watching. I think people really do care about the league. I think people still continue to care about the league. And in terms of like league wide, I think hockey fans in terms of watching other teams and watching games of teams in other market, I don't know that there's another sport other than football, which you're not competing with. Uh, yeah, like that. That's a whole nother giant in itself. But like in terms of Major League Baseball and the NBA, I think the NHL is the one league that like you talk to a, a, a diehard fan of the Wings or a diehard fan of the New York Rangers or whoever they're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs, whether their team's in it or not. Yeah, and I think that'll keep going forward. I mean, there's just a couple more things that it kind of leads off of that, too. Um the league will not leap to relocate the Arizona Coyotes because doing so may eliminate a potential expansion destination that could produce an entry fee between $750 million and a billion dollars that would be shared among the owners. So they're going to try to keep them in Arizona and not move them somewhere else simply because the owners want money. But on top of that, Slapshots has learned that Coyotes players filed multiple complaints with the PA during this season about substandard travel, lodging, and logistical issues that were in violation of the CBA. Surprise, surprise, the team that got caught working out players illegally is also being shitty in every other regard as they lose their arena plan and as their young players want out and as they play at a college arena where they made for a while... Uh, visiting teams walk a death row style march from the locker room to the ice. It's just that's a joke. The whole thing is a joke. I don't under and again, we've said this ad nauseum that I don't understand how a professional league is taken seriously when people say we don't want you here. Go away. And they go, we're not going to go away. We want to be here. It's just does the NHL have some kind of squatters rights or something? Is that what's happening to the state of Arizona with hockey? Here's the thing about the Coyotes. I, I hate to like sound like a guy that's like, I want it to work everywhere. I wish it could work everywhere. I really do wish it could work everywhere. I really do believe in my heart of hearts, if the Coyotes were to get an arena downtown Phoenix or in mesa or in one of those the surrounding areas and they had an arena with an infrastructure around it that it would work i really do believe that it would work because you know what we have seen when they were in phoenix the first time they did have good attendance they did have people that were going to their games they were making the playoffs of course and even when they're out in glendale and the team was doing well people were going to those games people were going to the stanley cup playoff games so it's it's really kind of a of double-edged sword where like you want it to work, but how many times are you going to go through this bullshit where you, you get everything, everybody's hopes up high. Oh, we're going to do this in, in, in uh, Glendale and they move out to Glendale and they build a brand new arena and it, you know, people are like, well, I'm not driving to Glendale. It's like 40 minutes outside of Phoenix. Traffic is Fuck brutal. Glendale. Blah, blah. That's what they say. Exactly. 
So then, you know, they try this whole thing. Was it Mesa or where, where did they try it? The Tempe. Street. Tempe. Okay. Yeah. No, it wasn't Tempe because that's where they're playing now. It was. Uh, no, no. They they petitioned the Tempe Council to get a inter- uh, Tempe Entertainment District built for them. And they're like, nah, Tempe or Tempe? Tempe. Temp- Tempe, whatever. They're like, nah, yeah, you're fam. the one making it a fancy cheese. Nah, fam. We but, don't want that here. That's- but the thing <laughs> is, is like you, you have to like try it. The, the organization's been there since 1996, right? You moved a team from Canada that had a diehard fan base that bled white and blue for the for the Winnipeg Jets, and you had them move to Arizona because you thought that in Phoenix it was a booming city and, and you know, it was an up-and-coming place and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it didn't work, right? So, I mean... And then they ended up moving to Glendale. If they would have kept it in Phoenix and they built a brand new arena in Phoenix, are we talking about this? Maybe not. But the fact of the matter is, is I think the NHL is going to do everything that they can to keep them there. I think in the grand scheme of things, they do end up staying. I do think that they end up getting a deal with one of these podunk towns next to Phoenix somewhere, and they they end up getting it to work. And And you know what? Honestly, I hope it does work. Because if it doesn't, then they have to move. And that's that's like worst case scenario. I feel for someone that's like a diehard Coyotes fan. I have a friend out there uh, who used to live here and was a Bruins fan and moved there and has season tickets to the Coyotes, goes to like a lot of the games. And he went to a lot of the games last year too. And I feel for people like that because it's like, I wouldn't want the Red Wings to move or, you know, one of the teams I cheer for to move. So I kind of understand but from an NHL perspective, like if it's not gonna, if it's not gonna make money, like you can't, you can't. The, one thing we can all agree on here: they can't stay in that college arena for more than one more year or two more years. Yeah, no, they. I mean, they really can't extend there. It doesn't make any sense. But I, what I want to say though, I guess, is uh, welcome to the league, the Tanopa Coyotes. Uh, Tanopa looks like it's probably about a, I don't know, twenty minute, half an hour drive from Phoenix. Uh, it seems that there's absolutely fucking nothing there besides Saddle Mountain Ranch and the Tonopa Trails. There's also a Seguro Hot Mineral Wells and a Mobile Gas Station. Uh, I guess that might be the new home for the Coyotes because they're just going to keep bringing this shit back and retrying it until maybe it works eventually. But the last thing coming out of this meeting, and this is what we're going to wrap up with, is that Gary Bettman told uh, Dave Pagnota uh, about half an hour, this was yesterday, told him that they plan to meet with the NHLPA to discuss the next World Cup of Hockey. It is also their intention to have the players participate in the 2026 Winter Olympics, pending details of the IOC and the IIHF. Uh, Good news, I love the World Cup of Hockey when it happened what seems like 43 years ago, and it was really interesting. And... um. I guess it'll be even more interesting to see what they do with Russia um, because that's going to be kind of weird depending on when they actually want to do this tournament. Russian players are still not allowed in the Olympics for good reason, but it's just I love these nation tournaments and they make things really fun. The timing of them is very important. Are they going to do it in the summer? Are they going to do it in the middle of the season like when they do the all-star break? Um, I guess that's up in the air, but it's just, I think it's good to have these kind of things, um, to kind of bring the players to, because 
something like this, I feel like international style tournaments or nation style tournaments bring more viewers in because it's not just the traditional NHL hockey. Yeah, so I mean, my thoughts on it. Jesus, was, guys. <laughs> so my thoughts are, I love the Olympics. I love the World Cup of Hockey. Um, you know, growing up, um, you know that that TJ Oshie shootout is is something that comes to mind. Zach Parise's goal in the gold medal game in 2010 to tie the game up uh, with what was less than a minute to go. I think it was um, that comes to mind. So. Olympic hockey, I'm all for it. I know a lot of people, there's a lot of logistics that have to go into it. You have to deal with the corrupt bullshit that is the IOC. Um, but I think if you're the National Hockey League or if you're even the players, like you want to do it because it's like it doesn't just help grow the NHL. It also helps grow the, the sport of hockey. And I think at the end of the day, that's kind of the goal here while making money because, of course, that's important as well. But um, so I'm all for the Olympic participation. I know a lot of people are not for it, but I think I think I am. Or I I know I'm I'm all for it. And in terms of the World Cup of Hockey, I'm all for it too. I think in a perfect world, you get the Olympics every four years, you get the World Cup Cup of Hockey every two years, and you have a break in between. Um, I think that would be perfect because then you'd have um, different team Canada's or different team USA's. And then you'd have your Olympic teams who are, you know, everybody's going. Because I know in the World Cup of Hockey, they want everybody to go. It's not probably not realistic for everybody to go. And even the Olympics, it's tough because, you know, you have injuries, especially because it's the Winter Olympics. I think in a perfect world, I know this sounds really stupid and I've seen the idea out there. Why don't they do the Summer Olympics? I know, I know because hockey's not a summer sport. I understand it. But in the grand scheme of things, if you want the NHL participation and you don't want to stop the, the season, I mean, could you finagle a way to get the IOC to say, you know what, let's do a summer tournament for the National it's, Hockey League? It's a no. long commitment and the guys need their break. That's I think the they whole would do it, though. Yeah, but you're still asking for at, le- at a minimum, most likely a month yeah. out, of their, out of these guys' offseason to try and make this happen now i get it you're asking for roughly maybe not quite a, yeah it's about a month because of travel and to and from the games and whatever or whatever else but i mean yes you're at you would ask technically for that mid-season but that break of a couple of months is huge especially when it comes to injury recovery postseason recovery anything else like off-season workouts to try to regain the strength i think that'd be too value valuable for those guys to try to give up so then you think yeah, the World Cup of Hockey it. and the Olympics should stop the season and its tracks? I think you can do the World Cup of Hockey during the All-Star break. That doesn't really stop the season. And uh, yeah, I think you just stop the season for the Olympics for whatever happens yeah. there. Every other league in the world stops for the Olympics. Hockey is the only one that's too much of a bitch to do it. Yep. If you can't figure it out, I, I got nothing for you because when you you're watching the Olympics as a common fan in any country, you want to see the best possible person representing your country. We are not getting that. And we know they can't figure it out because they already can't figure out a simple 82 game schedule as well as TV timing to line up things productively. So 
Uh, I think that's where we're going to end it tonight, though. I want to get you guys' final thoughts before we sign off. And we are going to start with, I don't remember who we started with last time, but we'll start with Tyler. Yeah, so I, my final thoughts are a World Cup of Hockey would be awesome. I think we were robbed the last couple of times with, without getting to see, you know, Crosby and McDavid on the same team or Matthews and Eichel and, and Wierenski and guys like that. Adam Fox playing for Team USA. Like, I think, I, I really think that Team USA would, would be very competitive in any of these. And honestly, they could win. I mean, the, the pool of American players going forward is, is getting better and better. But my final, those are my final thoughts. And you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. I'll piggyback on that. I just want the Olympics back to what they were. We've seen, like you mentioned the 2010 Olympics. Yeah, it was heartbreak for USA. But that was the best of the best versus the best of the best. And it's been some of the best hockey we've seen in a very long time at the international level. Now it's fun to see like guys that aren't quite NHL caliber or top league caliber playing in these events. Don't get me wrong because now you've added a level of who knows who the hell is going to win to it. And for smaller countries, that's fantastic. And that's where the growing the game comment you guys made comes to a head. Like you're now growing it in that country because Hey, Germany has been just kind of a team that produces one or two good players. Now they're winning a medal. So you've got that opportunity. We saw Latvia. They just didn't they just win bronze over the USA? Yep. So that's the type of stuff you can see come from it when you don't have the NHL level talent, which for us in USA sucks because after you get through the NHL, you're just like, well, this isn't good unless it's a junior team. And then you're just like, OK, we can hang our hat on that. Too. Well, you saw the um, you saw what what Connor McDavid said after the uh, the World Baseball Classic was ended with Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout um, as the last out. And and people that aren't even baseball fans, I don't know if Connor McDavid's a baseball fan or not. These are my final thoughts, Tyler. But sorry, but but like. That was cool. I mean, and, and McDavid basically said, like, we want a best on best. We need a best on best. Well, to that point, we had a best on best. It was Crosby scoring on quick, right? For that game winning goal. No, that was Ryan Miller. Or Ryan Miller, I'm sorry. They were all, but you had a best on best at that point, and we saw the outcome. That's what we've been robbed of because of the greed of, of the money. Instead of going out and representing your country, it's like, nah, we got to keep it going because we need to make more money. I mean, who knows if if the revenue that they're so enjoying right now continues, maybe that finally gives us the Olympics back and maybe a World Cup of hockey back because hey, they can afford to have those couple weeks available for these guys to go do what they've been wanting to do for a very long time. So I'll leave it at that. Already Ryan 33. Yeah, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Uh, check out the Hockey Podcast Network, and we thank them for hosting us and spreading our podcast around. You can check out our merch at redbubble.com by searching the grind line. You can also sub to us on YouTube and check out this video in which you can see all of our lovely faces talk about hockey stuff, and it's fantastic. Uh, we'll give a shout to Vintage Detroit, which is the only place you should get your Detroit jerseys from and work down. And if you use the promo code GRINDLINE at Howie's Hockey Tape, you'll get 10% off your order. If you have the same promo code at Bring Hockey Back, you will get 12% off your order. But that is going to do it for us tonight. We'll be back next week. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.